Hey, Protect the Hustle crew, show producer Ben here. We'll get back to your regularly scheduled PTH episodes very soon. With badass guests like Spark Toro's Rand Fishkin, Chief Instigator Dan Martell, and many, many more. But if you're digging what we're doing with the show and everything else profit well, we want to let you in on another show that we've been cooking up. It's called Trade-Offs, and it features product pro Heaton Shaw with our very own Patrick Campbell. It's a show for people who nerd out over product and the trade-offs we see big companies make. We're all about bringing you unmatchable insights with the data to enforce them. And for you product junkies, Trade-Offs does just that. With two times the founder power. Check out the first episode of Trade-Offs next, and of course, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. You'll still get Protect the Hustle episodes on this podcast, so we've created a brand new podcast page for the Trade-Offs show. We'll link to that in the show description. And without further ado, here's Trade-Offs. Welcome to Trade-Offs, a show where ProfitWell's Patrick Campbell and Product Habits Heat and Shock collect data to understand the trade-offs product teams are making with questions like... The next question we ask is, have you ever recommended Netflix to anyone? Asking people how often they use Spotify. Today, we're breaking down the data from customers of Netflix, the game-changing streaming subscription. Netflix has obviously been successful, but what trade-offs are their product teams making to keep the streaming giant afloat in the heating up entertainment market? You have a Netflix account, right? We were just talking about this. I personally don't, but I use someone else's. Do you? Yeah. Interesting. Netflix, they have, what was it, 60 million U.S. subscribers? Yes. 150 million, 149, excuse me. Yeah, globally. Uh, million Come on, globally. get it right. How many, yeah. how many extra users do you think there are? Uh, Double? I, I'd say it's kind of like Microsoft Office, where like there's all this bootlegging and you sharing can't do that and stuff anymore, like that. Because now it's all cloud. That's right. So yeah. what is the last thing you binged? Bosch, and I like Sneaky Pete. Interesting. So I binge both of those. Those are both shows yeah. that I have not watched yet okay. because I fear that I will want to binge them. You will. Did you do the DVD service? I did. Yeah, yeah. for a little bit. How was that? I, I'm amazed by Netflix. Grandpa I'm amazed at the fact that they... <laughs> did you do Netflix DVD? No, no, not that old. Oh, come on. <laughs> it was around when I was in college. It yeah, started yeah. when I was 16. It was 97. God, you're so old. Yeah, I am, huh? I think the problem that I see with a lot of times with Netflix is like they're they're the first mover. And I think there's a there's a first mover advantage, obviously, but I think there's a little bit of a first mover disadvantage now that like Disney is coming out to play yeah. um, with Disney Plus towards the end of the year. And yeah. they're if they pull all of their content off of Netflix, it's gonna be a really fascinating thing that happens within this. Well, market. they've already pulled all the superhero shows. First question we asked was how often do you use Netflix? And this was not surprising. Essentially 86% of people use Netflix daily. Daily or multiple times a week. I think like the big point here is like it's become a part of our culture. Yeah, it is right? part of our, our well, culture. And it wasn't yeah. it something where that that show with Sandra Bullock, that movie Bird Box or whatever, it was like a yep. hundred and some million people That's like, right. right at the outset. Yep. Well, they're using data science. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff do you think out, they right? use data science for that? I, I think they did. I listened to something from Scooter Braun. Yeah. Like the data informs, but yeah, there's of still course. people yeah. making decisions yeah. on like, I know the data yeah. doesn't support this necessarily, but we got to do the, this. The biggest one is like Netflix and chill. Yeah, well, and yes. I think that's that's that lexicon and that yeah. entering the culture, I think, is where they actually have product market fit. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and we it's asked the deal. product market fit survey question. Of course we did, yeah. Which is essentially, how disappointed would you be, be if Netflix no longer existed? 58% of people said they would be very disappointed. Um, second here, somewhat disappointed, about 31%. And then not disappointed was 11%. Yep. Those are probably like you know, the parents of the kids who really, really <laughs> love watching. I mean, the number one thing was the, the great selection of content. Yeah. Which, you know, makes sense. And then, of course, with entertainment products, it ends up being, uh, people said it's a go-to for entertainment. So mm. Netflix is my 
outlet after a long day. Yeah. Kind of hits with the 86% of totally, daily totally. use. And then Netflix plays a huge role in my life. That's kind of scary to me. Yeah. <laughs> like th- like someone yeah. saying it plays a role. That was like 14% of people. Yeah, it's like their life surveyed. is Netflix. I would never say it's an important part of my life That's or right. it plays an important role in my True. life. That's like a, a little bit of a scary way to put it. This is how much people like television. The, the last point about that is it's uh, basically an alternative to cable. Yeah, which 13% is like, of people said that. that that's standard. It, it's, yeah. I bet that would have been higher back in the day when the yeah. transition was happening. Do you have cable? I don't. I don't have cable either. Yeah. I just use the streaming services. No need for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Do you, think, do you think we're running into a world where like, oh, too many subscriptions, this type of thing. You have Hulu, you have Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Go, et cetera. Like, do you think that that's like valid at all? I think there's going to be people that have multiple subscriptions. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's about selection again. So if it's about, hmm. um, they're going to go wherever they can find their content. Well, I think there's a wild trade-off that some of these folks are making. Like HBO is very focused on hit content. Right. So like hit content is what they're going after. So yep. Game of Thrones. Um, now everyone's talking about Chernobyl. Netflix is targeting more like network style content. They definitely do have hit content. Right. Uh, like I know a lot of people like got back on the service when House of Cards came out. Yeah. So there's always a hook and it's usually some show that you want to watch or that's totally. just coming out. Or something or... you want to rewatch, right? Yeah. A lot of people rewatch The Office, that's Parks true. and Rec, West yeah. Wing, these types of things. But it's just really interesting because the alternative to cable, I think, is is, is kind of where Netflix really needs to sit. Yeah. So we, so we ask people, what is the primary benefit that you have received from Netflix? And that's just to really understand and double down on why people care about a product. Guess what? Yeah. Content. Content. So 14% said unique original content. Yeah. 14% said high quality content. 12% said on demand slash watch content. Yeah. I guess it's all about content. It's all about the Netflix. content. Well, I mean, in like half the responses. Yep. So the, the ones you just mentioned make up about 40% and there were other content related ones. And yep. it's just kind of like, I know when we did some research on Netflix from a pricing perspective, as you had more kids... Yeah. The willingness to pay and affinity for Netflix went up. Wow. Uh, because it's just kind of the, the babysitter, right? Yeah, it you is know, a babysitter, especially when you can put it on your iPad on a trip oh and things gosh. like that. It's just always going to be about the content. They can make it convenient, but if the content's not there, no one's going to care. They've they've made a ton of trade-offs for this as well because they, yeah. they didn't go into merchandising. They haven't gone into nope. live events. They haven't gone into like any ads. It's not just yet. content, content, content. And a lot of it, they're making themselves. The next question we ask is, have you ever recommended Netflix to anyone and Jesus, wow! this is huge. 86%. 86% said yes. Um, we normally, what, we, we see like 50%? That's right. And, and usually like, this score is way higher on a free product. Yeah. And it, it's kind of funny too, when you look at, we then ask like, how can Netflix be improved to better meet your needs? And I think what's kind of wild is like, it comes back all the way just to content. <laughs> yeah. You know, 25% of folks had more content. Yeah. There were some little producty things around improving the search. That was about yeah. 8% of respondents. But it was there. Uh, I yeah, think it was definitely there. One thing that I wanted to ask you about, because you're yeah. the expert, is how 19% of people said that they wanted a lower price. So we, we collected data on this. We actually yeah. collected some recent data because we did a pricing page teardown comparing Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Nice. Um, Netflix is at the top of its range right now. Like sure. there could probably like be different a segments. There's a little plan. bit higher. Um, I think that there's some other things that they can do, but based on their current strategy, and they just did another price increase, they're they're starting to get towards the higher end of that that Got particular it. range. Now, what's fascinating is that Disney Plus, uh, they the six ninety nine price point, which is much lower than where Netflix is um, from a percentage basis, they're at the bottom end of the willingness to pay range. Oh wow! Because what's happening is Disney has such high brand affinity for Marvel, Star Wars. 
that's that's kind of a scary thing when you think of Netflix's future. What's fascinating from what you say is that if they're pricing it low, yeah, if Disney's pricing it low, that means that somebody understands that, that that's what they need to do to compete probably and bring totally. on the subscribers. Totally. Right? And that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'd say that's a great decision early on when you just launch something. Yeah. And you want it to work. And well, it's you already like, have brand, yeah. like you said. So you're already going to totally. get people coming. Totally. Might as well get them in. Yeah. And I think that th this is where I, I kind of scoff at people who are like, oh, are there too many subscriptions? There's too many of them. Yeah. It's like everything's kind of going to subscription. And I, I think that depending on the price points, yeah. I think what Disney's doing is like reverse price skimming. So Apple, they're very, very traditional, start really high bring the prices down with either yep. just lowering the price or products that are cheaper. Yep. I think Disney is basically a start low and then ratchet up. Very similar to what Netflix does. Yeah, especially as they learn with content. Totally. Absolutely. And I think the next question was kind of interesting. Um, there you what, go. What would you likely yeah. use as an alternative if Netflix were no longer available? Yep. Uh, 57% yeah. of people said Hulu. Yep. Uh, Hulu also has live sports. Yep. So that's something that's really kind yeah. of bringing people in. And Netflix in. doesn't. Totally. And then 20% of people said Amazon Prime. Yep. Um, Making inroads. I thought it was fascinating that only 2% of people said cable. The world has changed. The world has changed. And a lot of cable is like Comcast is baking Netflix yes, into a lot right. of their subscriptions, yep. which I thought was kind of fascinating. Yep. I actually like Prime. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny, but you're yeah. already going to pay for Prime. That's right. You already get it if you have Prime on Amazon. Totally. So it's like, I think That's Amazon's think smart. And I think it'll be interesting. This, this is why I keep pushing this like narrative of Netflix being network television. Yeah. Because I think Hulu is very network television. I mean, it literally is for a right. lot of it. So then they might not see that as an alternative. People might not yeah. see Disney as an alternative. It's more of like an add-on. It's like add-on totally. packages to cable. Yeah. And then this kind of, you know, basically dichotomy between like a Hulu and a Netflix as well as like the recommendation scores yep. really are what driving the Netflix net promoter score. Or basically, um, how likely is it that you'd recommend uh, Netflix to a friend or colleague? Hmm. And this is the typical net promoter score. We calculated it yeah. and it ended up being 34. 34 basically means that people are satisfied. Yeah. Um, Scale of negative so. 100 to 100. Yeah. And I think 34 for a consumer product with such a wide fragmented user base. Yeah. It's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. I mean, Apple's like 70. And the detractors, I mean, Hulu over Netflix, like we kind of saw that in yeah. the other data. Could be the sports thing you said. I think it, right? I think it, that's what I was going to say. If you're a diehard, if you're diehard for guy. a certain type of content, yeah, and the service a service like Netflix doesn't have it, but their competitor does. Uh, so these folks are really just fighting for content. Yeah, and that's what's scary. From, it is from like a from yeah. a, a you know a a product manager perspective or like leading the charge here. I well, think it's that's a content treadmill in the early age of Hollywood. There was tons of just movies being printed out, yep. essentially. There was just tons That's of different true. type of content. Yeah. And a win wasn't a major blockbuster necessarily. A win was like covering costs and then some, right? That's right. Some of the Netflix content that you watch, it's not that it's bad. It's not Game of Thrones. And I think that's okay because there's probably some sort of a threshold that if you can get over that threshold, like you're fine. From the research, yeah. they said like they want more content. They want more recent releases yeah. and they also don't want older content to go away. So we actually definitively learned that yeah. it is about content and it's very specific. And I, I find it interesting about the older content yeah. because if licenses come up, older content goes away for Netflix. Yeah. There's just a couple obvious moves. Uh, one of the more obvious ones is like just more Netflix originals. Yeah. Just like you were saying, like, why don't they find a hit TV show? If Amazon Prime as well as Hulu have live yeah. sports and things like that, when does Netflix get into that? And I think Apple's trying, they're, they're coming at this in a very HBO-esque way. Right. And Because it, it's a very Apple way. Yeah. What I fear is, and I don't think there's a world of peak content. I think we just start redefining what success is on a lot of these. There's going to be the big, you know, Game of Thrones, right? That was like House of Cards for yep. Netflix, I feel. But I think that they're, they're okay with 
you know, Fuller House or whatever it was. I think it did like four seasons on Netflix technically. True. And they didn't spend a lot of money on it. It's 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 interesting what happens with Disney because it's it's not a game of like competition then. It's more of a game of like, do we all have enough content for people to think about basically what happens like if someone churns or if 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 we can prevent them from churning essentially. Next up is what we're here for. Trade-offs. Yeah, the trade-offs. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I don't know about right trade-offs or wrong trade-offs. Yeah. I, I, I focus more on like as a product manager, if I have this data and I have this information now, what do I do with it? What do you it? do with it? And yeah, yeah, Netflix yeah. and all the streaming services, they have this licensing issue. A lot of their content is not there. Do you think they have it though? They do. They have to decide what to pay for if they are not willing to pay for the rights to sports, right? That's a big constraint that a product manager has to deal with. I would grade against you on that a little bit. Sure. Because I think that they're buying and creating their own Netflix originals or licensing their Netflix or non-Netflix originals in other countries as Netflix originals. Yep. More of their users are outside of the United States. Absolutely. They're inside yeah, the United That's States. where they're going to get more growth. So even if there are hits that happen in the US, they can still buy the international rights. So for example, when I was in Brazil a couple months ago, like Billions was on Netflix. You know, they basically have the rights for Billions in I think South America, right? And, yep. and they're not producing it. They're not paying for it. They're sure. actually paying for the remnant on it. It's definitely a constraint, but I wouldn't worry about the licensing as much as maybe you would. Yeah, I would worry about it because it impacts growth, just like you said. Yeah. Right? So like if you don't have the license, then you can't do it. Yeah. I mean, the company needs to figure out over time how they continue to produce great content. Yeah. No matter what. Right. So like it's licensing is one way. Originals is another way. What I'm wondering uh, about is like, are there other ways that they can produce content? Sure. The trade off there is just simply if this is a content business, mm. I'm curious how much effort and understanding the product managers need to have about the content. I know Reed at the helm basically said, we're not going to do live. We're not going to do merchandise. And we're not going to. I mean, he, it was like five, six right. years ago. Right. He said this. Right. But I, I think what's interesting is thinking about the trade off that what what happens when baseline content is basically just null across all of the different brands, right? So there's enough baseline So everyone has the Netflix same stuff or same-ish. Or same-ish yeah, or there's enough, right? Yeah. And I think the future, this is where like Hulu, because Hulu is Disney. Like that's the other thing that a lot of people don't remember. It's true. I think that they need to stop making the trade-off of like the future for now and start thinking about what is the next echelon of their growth as we've been kind of like getting to at this this point in the discussion. I think that's a good segue to like the other thing that we learned, which was something that the product managers actually can't control. The ability for them to show the right uh, content to the 100%. right people at the right yeah. time. So th they describe it as, the customer describes it as personalization or customizability. Yeah. I think one experience that I've had is that if I search for something on Netflix mm. and they don't actually have that title, I still get a full screen of content. Things like this. I find that interesting because it almost creates this weird experience for the customer. I mm. look for X, but I see all these Ys, right? All these other things. Maybe even start telling people the reason they're showing some of those things. Yeah. I think a gangster move that they could make, and this is similar to like what Notion was doing with Evernote, and I think it's something that like Uber or Lyft should absolutely do, be the place to find the things. Right? Yeah. Going in and literally just being like, hey, we're the search. Kind of like um, there's a there's a third-party site that basically is um, – you know, what to watch on Netflix or yeah, something like that. I've seen that. Right? Yeah. Where basically you could bring together all of this and be like, I want to watch Batman. Yeah. And then they can say, hey, it's not on Netflix, but here's yeah. everything like it. I think I think you just came up with the idea that someone should do regardless just of Netflix, general, right? Because yeah. I think it's harder for Netflix or Hulu or anybody like that to do it. I rarely search for something. Yeah. I it's more I discover things. And this is where I think Netflix has a sure. bit of a problem. Yeah. 
Jenny and I just use the same profile. Right. Right. And yeah. so what ends yeah, up yeah. happening is I see basically recommendations based on her habits. Right. I think they just need to assume that people don't like people are just sharing the profiles, which I'm sure they're doing internally, sure. like for a certain percentage of people. And then based off of that assumption, making the discovery a little bit better. Yeah, they could just encourage you to create more profiles. Two different IPs coming in every day yeah. from different places. It's obviously two different people sure. if they're coming in at the same time, right? There's a bunch of prompting and things like that that I think they could do yeah. uh, if they wanted to solve this personalization customizability problem, Totally, which is something the customers kept mentioning. So I think that for me though, like you can tell there's enough going on in the back end just by like the, the discovery and yeah. Hey, we don't have that, but yeah. there's all these other options that I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure this isn't think, news to them. I think normally I'd agree with you, but yeah. because of how much emphasis Netflix has put on data science, they've probably capped out at their ability to be as precise yeah. without actually splitting up people's profiles. At the end of the day, I mean, this is, uh, Obviously, an amazing business. Lots of things are incremental. There's, it's so large yeah. that the things that we're talking about, it, it's like there might just be such huge constraints that they can't even yep. do that. Or it's maxed right. out already. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, just like add another profile. Yeah. But and really, it's yeah, about yeah, content yeah, yeah. and we know that. It's about content. Right? Yeah. So. There's going to be a point where content differentiation isn't a strength anymore right. for anyone. And I think that Netflix is going to have to go in, in some other content direction to kind of like make that happen. Well, Patrick, there's always VR and AR. So. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, that's Netflix. That's Netflix. Well, that's all for this week from Tradeoffs. Make sure you are subscribed at producttradeoffs.com. And tell all your friends. Don't forget. All of your friends. All of them. All of them. Every this is network, great content, right? Et cetera. This is, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Content. It's all about content, it's right? It's all about content on Netflix. We'll see you next week. See ya.